Hi there, thank you for joining me today. I'm Father Patrick and this is our podcast for College Catholics. Today we will be speaking with Father Richard, a good friend of mine and brother in our community of Miles Christi. He has been a priest of Miles Christi for 16 years and his ordination anniversary is coming up December 9th. So, Father Richard, it's great to have you with us. Uh, he will tell us how he found God's will regarding his vocation and he'll give us some insights regarding the devotion to the Holy Eucharist. He was or, he's originally from Argentina. He has four siblings and seven nieces and nephews. He holds degrees in philosophy and theology. He's been living during most of his priestly ministry in the US, first in Michigan and then in San Diego and California. And now he's chaplain of St. Elizabeth of Hungary at Aurora campus in downtown Denver. Father Richard loves to do spiritual direction for college students and enjoys going for walks in nature. Father Richard, how are you doing? Hello, doing well. It's a little cold out here in Denver. Today I went on my my daily walk and it was 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, that's chilly. <laughs> it was intense. Wow. Well, but I've been looking at the website of the St. Elizabeth of Hungary. By the way, it's uh, liturgical feast is coming up in Thursday, so congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I looked at I'm the excited. church. Yeah, the church is really awesome. Very nice. So I encourage everyone to look at the uh, website and the pictures that are on Google Maps, uh, St. Elizabeth of Hungary in Aurora, Denver, Colorado. Well, Father Richard, it's great to have you with us. And uh, I would like to uh, you to tell us a little bit about the way, your story, basically, how it is that you grew in your faith and how you decided your vocation to the priesthood, how, you know, to share with us and uh, with everyone who's listening. I think that your insights will be very useful. What, how, how did it happen? Sure. So I grew up Catholic um, and I went to a brother's uh, school, so a school ran, run by religious brothers, by the uh, Marist brothers uh, founded by Marcelino Champagnat. And I went there K through 12. Um, I was always, um, so I always remember when when I made my first communion, my mom told me, okay, now uh, you had to go every Sunday to Mass. Wow. So I went every single Sunday except once when I was like 13. I rebelled one day and I didn't go to Mass. But my mom pr prayed, played it uh, really cool and <laughs> didn't say anything. And then, and then I started going again. So I, I missed awesome. one mass in my life. Um, wow, that's so, pretty impressive. And then through, through uh, high school, I was in a youth group uh, organized by, you know, by the brothers. It was, it was very nice, um, a very nice uh, youth group. Uh, this was in, um, yeah, it, I think in it high school, started. Right? Yeah, I started like in seventh grade. Um, and then I, when I was about 15, I started uh, spiritual direction. Um, cool. And I, I felt um, inspired by the priest that was uh, directing me. Um, and I started thinking maybe about the priest. I started to pray every day. That was something new. I would pray just maybe a Hail Mary every day, but now right, 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 right. like mental prayers or like 15-minute meditation every day. Um, I would start. And then um, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I started to go to Mass every day. Uh, 
Oh, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was very nice. And, um, and so I, I started discerning when I was maybe um, sophomore in high school. Cool. Um, but at the same time, I did a big mistake in discernment and is that I started dating a girl. Oh. Uh, yes. So not that dating is necessarily right, wrong right, right. Or, or a mistake, but it was a mistake for me to put, you know, um, I, I, I needed to be uh, more objective right. um, to discern. And so being dating uh, this girl was not very objective for me. And um, so I, I dated her for like a, a year and a half. Wow, that's pretty long dating. Yeah, and after after oh, after a while, actually, she was the one that told me, um, "Yeah, you know, I know you are discerning. And wow. I think we should take a break so that you can actually discern." Oh, very good for her. And so I say, "Okay, let's do it." So. So I did uh, three, about three months of discernment. Um, and then, so at the end of the three months, I had a friend I was talking to. I was talking to my spiritual director, of course, about it. Um, and then one day I was, I was, um, I was reading, um, I, I came, I came by a brochure Um and this was a brochure about the missions. So basically, this brochure was saying, um, you know, Christ died for us, and um, he instituted the church and the sacraments to give us that salvation of Christ. Um, so um, this thought came to my mind. Um, you know, I can, be, I can be a channel of that grace for people. Right, be like, like that, um, um, that river through which you know the waters of grace will come to people. And then I started crying, and wow, I thought I said I I knelt and I told the Lord, well, if you really want me to be a priest, <laughs> I can do it. And then soon after, a couple of days after that, I decided to. To become a priest, and there was, you know, great, great joy and peace um, for for several days, um, and it's it has been it has been um, you know very fulfilling being a priest. Of course, um, challenging at times, but uh, it's worth it. Wow! So, and what would you say was the the decisive element that helped you? you know, consider being a priest and a priest of Midas Christi? Um, so a priest, I think, I think one of the, one of the, the things that, that I always remember is that at some point I was, like, I, I really liked this girl I was uh, taking a break from. Uh, and I thought, well, it's not, it's not fair to her to um, just getting married because without a, a true vocation, right? Because right. then I'll, I'll, you know, 
ruined not only my vocation, her vocation. And then I thought, actually, the best is to follow God's will. So if I follow the will of God, then I'll do the best even for her, right? Because because that that will put everything in order and and let the graces come as as they should. Um, so that that was a powerful um, powerful thought. And then and then about uh, why Mides Christi, um, you know, I love the mission of Mides Christi. So the college awesome. students, you know, the youth. The spiritual direction, the retreats, I would not be re- rather do anything else than than that. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, very good. And suppose that uh, I'm many this uh, podcast is for college students, but also young adults in general. Many of them are discerning, you know, the vocation. Many of them will be probably married. Many of them might be called to religious life, consecrated life. You know. Uh, to be sisters, consecrated women, or priests, or brothers. So what advice would you give them, of course as a general advice, but what advice would you give in general to those who are listening to help them discern their, the will of God in their life, and particularly their vocation in life? Um, I would say don't be afraid. You know, whatever the Lord has... has um, Prepare for you is a beautiful, wonderful, um, you know, path filled with uh, peace and joy. And, uh, you know, the devil is going to tell you that you're going to be miserable, but that's not actually true, <laughs> right? Wow. So, um, and then, you know, be open, um, be open with, to what the Lord wants. But I think approaching it, like that, like knowing God's will is like the best, not the best only because it's hard, but the best because it makes you happy. Right. I think that's that's the essential disposition to discern well. Right. And also, I guess that following in what you're saying, one wants to be open. You know, you should be open. You want to be open. You know that God can help you do his will. But uh, if one is, if anyone listening, right, if, if you're afraid, if you're afraid of what God may want or afraid that maybe you can't do it, well, it's also important to ask God for grace, right? We can't do this alone. We always have to ask for grace, right? Uh, I don't know your, your, what you experienced in your right. priesthood, but I experienced many times. Without the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have had made the decision, and I wouldn't have persevered without the grace of God. Yes. This reminds me, so... Since we are talking about vocation, when I was, so I I was at the seminary for thirteen years uh, before I was ordained. So when I was about to be ordained, like two months before, I went to, I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was. Th- I was freaking out too, just for you to know, <laughs> before being ordained. Ah, help me. Am I gonna be a good priest? Uh, right. You know that kind of thing. And so, um, Bishop Quinn, who was one of my teachers at the seminary, said, "Oh, brother Richard, are you excited? You are gonna become a priest soon." And my face was, "Yay!" And then kind he of. said, <laughs> "Yes." And then he said, "Don't worry, God never makes mistakes." Wow. And this made made me reminded me at that moment of what Jesus says. You know, it is 
I who have chosen you, not you have chose who have chosen me, right? And I it is the Lord who who will give us the grace to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and um, very good. Well, th really, really uh, inspiring everything that you're telling us. Um, and I, we have, I have been uh, presenting in the previous uh, episodes the truth about the Eucharist, some Eucharistic miracles, and how we should have, we should adore the Blessed Sacrament, and how Jesus talks to us from the Eucharist, how He is present there. So, what um, role do you would you think? Or do you think that the Eucharist had in your discernment and your spiritual life before being a priest, and especially after being a priest, that you're, you know, celebrating the Mass, adoring so many days every day? You know, you have a time of um, meditation, you say Mass, you adore Jesus, you hold him in, in your hands. What would you say is the role of the Eucharist, or was the role in the Eucharist up to till today in your life? All right. So. I was I was saying that when I was a senior in high school, I started to go to the Limas, right? And uh, at some point, I got I got um, uh, I got sick. I mean, it's what's just the flu, but for the, those flu that the flus that, that you are in bed destroyed, right? Um, and so I was I did not receive communion for like four days because I couldn't go to mass. Then when I I went back to mass, I was so excited. I was surprised to myself what's going on, right? But I had I didn't realize, but I had missed the Eucharist um, so much, right? So as a priest, you know, saying mass every day, I can't even imagine not being able to say mass, right? Well, unless you are super sick or something, but but other than that. You know, um, you know the the Eucharist is the center of our lives uh, as priests, and center of my life as a priest. Um, that doesn't mean that I always have consolation or I always feel it, but I make it a priority, right? Uh, and as you were saying, like like uh, every day, uh, holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament and. And the mass and adoration, and and everything else. And I think, you know, for for those young Catholics that are are hearing, um, you know, when when thinking about the Eucharist, we had to think about. I, I I love to make the comparison with sunbathing, right? So let's say you go to a beach destination place, and um, you know, the first day you forgot your sunscreen. And you say, oh, the sun is not that bad today. And then you burn. And night is bad, right? So the sun works because it's the sun, even though at times you don't realize as much. The same thing happens with the Eucharist. You, you sit, you kneel in front of Jesus in the Eucharist. Jesus is always working on you. Jesus is always giving you a spiritual tan. Jesus is always transforming you. But that transformation is silent. That transformation is interior, it's mystical. And therefore, you know, often you don't feel anything. But the fact that you don't feel anything doesn't mean that the Lord is doing nothing. Definitely, He's always working on us.
Wonderful. Yes, that's really, really good. Very good. Well, and uh, first of all, again, congratulations for your uh, assignment there at the St. Elizabeth of Hungary, uh, this campus ministry chapel, right? It's pretty amazing. You're working with so many college students there in, in Denver. Uh, so imagine that uh, many there in the campus will listen to this episode and will want to know more about Father Richard and some fun fun fact in these days or months that you've, you've been since August there. Um, or any fun fact about your priesthood that is inspirational. What would you like to tell us? Fun facts. I have two or three. So the first one is my first uh, <laughs> my first spiritual direction with uh, was with a Muslim girl. Uh huh. <laughs> so she she just uh, came and wanted to talk, and so we talked for That's a long good. time. That's good. We talked about the about the Eucharist, and then well, her you know her life and stuff. It, it was very nice. And then it's just just something uh, unexpected, right? Yeah, because, you bet. And especially, yeah. it's incredible that she would want to receive direction from you, like to to have the openness to speak to a Catholic priest. That's yeah. So that's what amazing. we did is the mission, the focus mission is that are here and I, we went to play sports with the students at the quad, and so I sat on the side, and this girl came and. And, you know, talk to me for like, like awesome. an hour. So. Wow. And then another fun fun thing is, um, so I'm kind of an IT person. I'm you really, bet. Yeah. We miss you here in Michigan. <laughs> we need someone, <laughs> an IT person. <laughs> and so I installed a new wireless thing. And so wow. there is this story about St. Elizabeth where she went out to give food to the poor. Mm -hmm. And some people were afraid that she was stealing, um, you know, precious things from the castle to give to the poor. So they came and asked her what she had. And it was just bread, bread and maybe some meat and stuff. So when she opened it, instead of bread, they, they saw roses, uh, white and, and red roses. Right? Wow. So, um, so it it is a tradition here that we do a feast that called the buns and roses buns for the <laughs> guns and roses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So so for the for the Wi-Fi, uh, I put I put buns, you know, with B as in both right. buns and roses, and then the students would say, "What are you talking about? This is guns and roses. That's why you did it." Right. No, no. It's just this. This St. Elizabeth's uh, story. So amazing! That's awesome. That's that awesome. Was fun. Very good. All right. Well, very good. Thank you, Father Richard, for for sharing all this wisdom and these insights with us. And uh, thank you, everyone, for spending your time with us today. If you have any question for Father Richard, Richard, please send me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. Also, I encourage you to visit the website of St. Elizabeth Church there in uh, Denver. It's www.stelizabethdenver.org. There you'll see some stories from Father Richard, some updates, some of the focus missionaries and other people that are participating in the, in, the, in the parish. So please follow this podcast also on your platform. And if possible, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. May God bless you. Father Richard, thank you very much. And everyone, thank you so much. And we will see you next time. <music>